Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Hey, church, can you uh, stay standing with me for just a moment? I know normally we we get seated right at that spot, so uh, just stay standing with me if you would for a moment. Um, Before I get to uh, today's message and the celebration that we're going to have, I know for a lot of you what's on your heart and mind this morning is the news you woke up to uh, of what is going on in Israel, Um, and I just think it'd be appropriate for us to begin uh, with a time of prayer. Uh, All loss of life. No matter nationality, no matter religious beliefs, no matter who they are or where they are, no matter age, demographics, socioeconomics, every loss of life represents the death of somebody created in the image of God and for whom Jesus died. And not only is the situation over there a little scary, there's a lot of uncertainty what comes next. Um, Right now as we speak, there are children, there are innocent people uh, who are terrified, who, who are grieving. Um, And I just think it'd be appropriate as a church to demonstrate the heart of God by unifying our hearts in prayer. Uh, So would you do that with me this morning? Father in heaven, we pray uh, right now uh, for the people of Israel, God. We pray uh, too for the people of Palestine, God, those who are are not uh, actively aggressors, those who are not uh, seeking war, those who are simply trying to survive and, and provide for their families. And God, we pray for protection. We pray for an end to the hostilities that were begun by a terrorist group taking arm against the people of Israel. God, we pray that you would step into the middle of that chaos. Many men and women have tried. Many people have have made the effort to bring peace, but God, only you can bring peace. God, you are the, the prince of peace. And so we come to you asking for a quick resolution, God, we pray that the loss of life would be on the absolute minimal. God, we pray for protection for the innocent. God, we pray for those who are hiding in fear, for those who are grieving the death of a loved one. Um, God, we just pray that you would enter. Our words seem so inadequate, but God, you are more than able, even there. And so we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, as many of you know, uh, the last several weeks for us have been something we've called Journey of Grace. There's been some milestone moments. Last week certainly was a milestone moment for us, celebrating five years as a campus and getting to see all that God has done, and, and also just a little bit of a look forward to what God is doing, both in the present and in the things to come. And today is what we're calling Celebration Sunday. Carmen, I love the way you said it. We like to party. That's not how I would have articulated that, but it works, and Uh, We really love to party around uh, celebrating Jesus, who he is, what he has done, what he is doing. And so last week was a celebration. This week is a celebration. We're calling it Celebration Sunday. And as a part of the Celebration Sunday, this culmination of the four weeks of our journey of grace, um, each of you hopefully have received an envelope that looks a little something like this. If you did not get one before the end of the service, there will be a chance uh, for you to grab that and I'll give you some further instructions there. Uh, We know that many of you, like my family, 
have been praying, have been talking together, have been asking God what is the right next step for us as far as generosity goes. Um, and hopefully, like my family, you're just, you're stretching a little bit beyond where you've been uh, into the new things that God has for you. And so again, at the end of the service today, we will have a chance to respond in generosity to God's amazing grace to us. Um, I want to real quickly uh, just settle any concerns that someone might have. I want to address the who and the why of this moment this morning, this Celebration Sunday. First of all, this is for those who consider Horizon West Church their home. You may or may not be a member. Uh, you may or may not have different levels of, of you know, participation at different areas. Uh, you may have been here a short time or a long time, but if you consider Horizon West Church to be your home church, then we're asking you with us to take that step of generosity. If you're a first-time guest, uh, this really wasn't crafted with you in mind. We never tell somebody not to do something if the Lord leads you to, uh, but this is really for the Horizon West Church family. Uh, and then the why is, listen, we're not asking you to do something that, that's going to impress God or impress other people. Actually, the only thing that ever impressed Jesus was faith. And so the number is irrelevant. The, 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 the reason is not to try to score points with God or to impress someone else. We're asking you to give because we believe that followers of Jesus stand ready to do what Jesus is asking them to do. So it's a discipleship issue. Uh, we're not giving because we're afraid of, of the future, that we got to hit a certain number or everything's going to fall apart. We're trusting God and we're inviting you to join us in this journey of generosity. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 uh, as we've been over the last several weeks. And uh, before we get there, I want to read you the verse that kind of summarizes for the Apostle Paul what his hope was for the Corinthian church when he invited them to do what we're asking you to do. When he invited a church in ancient Greece in the first century to give to a financial cause, he said these words, God is able, we already sang it once, God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things and at all times, you may abound in every good work. Our hope is that what happens this morning and in the coming weeks, that the result goes way beyond numbers, goes way beyond statistics. What we hope is that the abounding grace of God overflows in you through every good work to the people around you. Pastor David has said it this way, we don't want something from you, we far more want something for you. And what we want for you is to follow after Jesus and become more and more like him. Now again, these words that I read a moment ago were written by the Apostle Paul to the people of Corinth. Um, and, and the context, just to put some context around it, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, a famine was happening in Jerusalem and the churches there were struggling. And Paul said, hey, Corinthian church, remember a year ago when you said, hey, we're going to give, we're going to support, we're going to be generous, and you were but that started to taper off and he's saying, hey Corinthians, let me remind you to do what's already in your heart to do. They just needed a, a little encouragement. They just needed an a, a, a avenue for how to accomplish what was already in their heart to do. And I share that with you because as I speak to the people of Horizon West Church this morning, like the Apostle Paul, I'm not speaking to a people who are reluctant with clenched fists I'm speaking to a people who have demonstrated time and time again their generosity, your generosity. And I'm just saying, here's a way that you can continue to take the steps that you've been taking. Friends, I want you to know, and you know a lot of this already, but because of your generosity, we're able to meet every Sunday in the only 
sufficient venue in all of Horizon West where we could do this. If you were here last week, you know we're way past living rooms and clubhouses. Like, we needed space where we could gather to be for Horizon West. Your giving makes that possible. A, a year ago at this time, your giving and the giving and generosity of all the campuses of First Orlando made possible nearly 13 acres on Schofield Road. You know that. We've celebrated that. That only happens because of generosity. And through your generosity every week in spaces like Celebrate Recovery that meets on Monday nights in Fellowship of Christian Athletes where we bring I don't even know how many ungodly amount of pizzas to students and they gobble those things up and, and uh, it's actually godly because we're telling them about Jesus. But I'm just saying your generosity in spaces like Celebrate Recovery, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Family Advocacy Ministry that you heard about already, your generosity coupled together with the grace of God in you is what is making a difference in our community. It's the reason that we can not only say we're for Horizon West, but we can deliver on that. It's because you give. And so today we're going to have an opportunity to do that. And I, I want to just tell you that there's, there's going to be four different steps. Uh, and one of these steps is probably going to be the one that you or your family are going to be uh, taking. And so the first is if you've never given to Horizon West Church, we invite you to take your first step in doing so. This is one of the things I celebrate the most is people who go, hey, for the first time I gave to the work of the Lord. Another step might be that you've given, but you're going to begin giving with some intentionality. You're going to give on a, a consistent basis or a consistent amount, and that's going to be the step from I've given once, but now I'm giving with intentionality. Or maybe for you, it's giving a percentage of your income, the tithe, the 10%. And for some, that may be, may be a, a huge, huge step. Nikki and I have seen God's blessing in our lives as we faithfully committed to giving a tithe of our income to the Lord. We encourage you to do that. And, and for some of you, you've already given a percentage and you're doing that consistently. And what God is stirring in your heart is to go even beyond that. To not say, well, I checked the box. I shared last week, this is where, where I can get bogged down. Well, I checked the box. I'm giving that 10%. But if it all belongs to the Lord, and if God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than anything I could ask or imagine, would I just open my hands to say, God, if it's more, lead me beyond. For some of you, it's to go even beyond that tithe into new areas of giving. You know, it's not lost on us that this season in our economy as a nation doesn't feel like the right one to be having an ask like this. But let me remind you that when Elijah was on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal, and they made a, a, a decision that they were going to decide whose God was truly God, and the decision was going to be which one answers by fire. The prophets of Baal are doing everything in their power to get their gods to answer. He does not, obviously. Elijah does not pray for the right conditions for fire to fall. You know what he does? He has them fill buckets of water and douse the altar. You know why? Because sometimes God does his best work when the odds are stacked against him. Could it be that in, in the economic downturn we're experiencing or, or the hardships, we're, we're, the inflation, all of those things, could it be that God just wants to kind of show off and say, look, I don't need the right conditions. I am more than able in all things to supply every need so that you may abound in every good work. So what's going to inspire someone? What's going to inspire me and my family? What's going to inspire you and your family to take part in this generosity? 
Pastor Henry Blackaby, many years ago, wrote a book called Experiencing God, and this was a principle that kind of became the spine of his book. He says this, discover where God is at work and join him there. If you want to know the way to blessing, if you want to know the way to abundant life, discover where God is at work and join him there. Don't make all your plans and go, God, I hope you bless it, but go, God, where are you already working? And I can tell you with confidence, not because it's a a, a team or a staff or a people, but because God is doing it. He is at work in Horizon West Church. He is at work in the community of Horizon West. The catalyst is going to be when we move from what I should be doing to realizing what God is doing and could be doing all the more through our generosity. Some of you would know what this picture is behind me. I think they use this in cars. It's called a flywheel. Do I have this right? My, my, I'm getting some head nods. Okay. And as I understand a flywheel, a flywheel is something that like it spins kind of just incessantly, but if you put something on it, it spins even faster. The, the momentum goes and it produces what it's meant to produce. They use this in vehicles. They've used this in other technologies that scientists could tell you about, but this is, this is you understand the concept of a flywheel. The beauty of the kingdom of God and the work of God is that it works somewhat like a flywheel. Every act of obedience, every participation of faith just makes the move of God stronger. When we join our hearts together, that that flywheel spins faster and faster. More is accomplished in the spiritual realm because God is the author of it. So this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you four actions that basically make up the flywheel of grace that we're seeing here at Horizon West Church. The same thing that was happening in a church called Corinth in the first century. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, would you join me in that passage? We're going to read verses 6 through 15 and then look at those four actions briefly together. Let me read. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things and at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever." And so he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and will increase the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. For by their approval of this service, they, the churches in Jerusalem, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. In the four actions of the flywheel of grace, the first is always the same. It doesn't matter if the church is in, in Greece or in America, it doesn't matter if it's first century or 21st century, grace always begins in this way, God pours out. God God is always the initiator, he always makes the first move. It doesn't matter if you know things like 
predestination, election, it matters less where you are in all of that. We, we, we must all agree with this, God always makes the first move. Everything we have, we receive from him. We are blessed, not because we've earned the favor of God, but because God has freely poured out. The Apostle John said it this way, we love because he first loved us. The Apostle Paul said, God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. No one is saved, no one's a follower of Jesus because they willed themselves to him. It's always God making the first move to us. God initiates, God pours out. This, friends, is not so much about what he does as it is about who he is. It is the nature of God to be generous. It's, it's just who he is. It's the nature of God to give of himself. We see this in nature. Every morning we wake up and there is sunshine because we live in the sunshine state. And every afternoon there is rain because we live in the sunshine state. And God is freely doing this. You don't control the weather. God is pouring out his blessings. And oh, by the way, Jesus said he does it on the just and the unjust. It's the nature of God to pour out. If, if you had to think about breathing, you would probably eventually die because there's nothing we can remember to do every three or five seconds. But oxygen fills our lungs and we breathe because God is pouring life into us. It all begins with him. And because generous outpouring is in the nature of God, we don't have to guess at the outcome. We don't have to guess. We don't have to go, well, I'm taking this step of faith. I, I, I really hope that God comes through for me. Paul says, listen, God pours out. He gives abundantly. When we partner with him in faith, the outcome is sure. The outcome is certain. It, it's not like other investments that we make in the financial realm. It's not like a bet that we would place. I learned this week that 61% of American adults own stock. It's the highest number in 15 years because something happened 15 years ago that caused a lot of people to go, not doing that anymore. <laughs> Remember 2008? It's just 15 years later, coming back where people are having a little more confidence in the stock market. I think we can trust this. But if you've got stocks, you know it is not trustworthy. It's up, it's down, it's back, it's forth. You have no control over where that thing is going. You hope for the best, but the outcome is outside of your hands. Today on NFL Sunday, tens of millions of bets will be placed on NFL games. Some of those people will even bet on the New York Jets. <laughs> and if you think the stock market is unsteady, I'm just telling you, whether it's an investment in the stock market, whether it's a, a bet that you place, which by the way, I do not encourage you to do that, those things aren't certain. Last night I watched a football game, my favorite college football team, needed to take a knee on third down and didn't and fumbled and lost the game with one second left. I'm going, man, it seems certain. You think all you got to do is hike the ball and kneel down and even that wasn't guaranteed. But when it comes to giving, when it comes to steps of faith and obedience and following after Jesus, the outcome is always certain. Paul says it this way, so sparingly and you will reap sparingly. So abundantly, and you'll reap abundantly. See, in the, in the physical world, in our natural world, sometimes you sow abundantly and, spare, uh, uh, and reap sparingly, right? You put a lot in, you didn't get a lot out. Paul says, it's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. 
You put in a little, you get a little back. You put in a lot, you get a lot back. And notice he's not referring here, certainly not exclusively, to financial resources. He's saying, man, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one in whom is all peace and life and joy and strength and hope, you're concerned you're not going to get what you need from him? You're concerned that you're going to dole out more than he can match? He is able to do abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. This, this harvest principle, this sowing and reaping, this becomes for Paul kind of the metaphor that runs throughout the passage in the, in the verses that come. And so first, God pours out. Second, on that flywheel of grace, the second action is this, that we receive. Verse 13, Paul kind of summarizes what receptivity to the gospel looks like with two words, submission and confession. In other words, I confess Jesus is Lord. Every time we baptize someone, they say in the water, my name is, and Jesus is Lord. They're confessing who Jesus is in their life. But it's also about submission. I've got to be in a place with open hands where I'm able to receive from God. Has everything to do about the posture of the heart. It's not like other investments where you could just do it out of greed. Uh, You could do it for fear. Heart doesn't have to be involved. You could place a bet that heart's not involved in it. When it comes to kingdom investments, it has everything to do with the condition of your heart. Paul says, don't do it reluctantly. And don't do it under compulsion. God God isn't looking to pry something out of your fingers. We're we're not looking to try to convince you to do something you don't want to do. He's saying, the goal of giving is to do it cheerfully. Man, I'm glad I get to do this. I'm glad I get to take part in the gospel in this way. So to receive from God is not simply about having open hands. It's also about having open hearts. Do you know that if you're going to plant a seed in the ground, something has to be true of the soil. Either it has to be soft enough to receive it, or it's got to be broken so that it can become soft to receive it. And Paul's saying, listen, I I hope the soil of your heart is soft enough that the seeds you plant, they're finding fertile soil that God can bless and favor that. But if it's not, what God will do in his grace so that we can receive from him is sometimes God will break up the soil. We'll go through hardship. We'll go through challenges. We'll go through difficult seasons. Not because God is toying with us, not because God is angry at us. He's doing it so he can break up the soil of our hearts so that good seed can be planted. Because what we need most in life is to be able to receive all that God has for us. Some of you this morning in the room and those watching online, some of you are going through a breaking season. You're going through the the soil being broken and crushed and and moved around and it's so that God can plant good seed there. That, That breaking could be in your finances. It might be in your health or your relationships. But when our theology is anchored in God's goodness, we believe that God is good to us, we can walk through hard things and know he's not doing it to punish us. He's doing it because he has something better in store for us. I can tell you that every hard season that I've walked through, every hard season Nikki and I have walked through, we have now begun to see the goodness of God in it. Things like going through a neonatal intensive care unit journey for 146 days with one of our children. And you know about a month ago, good friends of ours, some that many of you know, 
entered into their own NICU journey. And now what we do is we text, we call, we comfort them, we pray with them, we pray for them. God will use the hard things in your life for his glory. If you will allow the breaking so that he can plant the seed of his goodness so that you can receive from him, God is redeeming it all and taking it somewhere good. Earlier in Paul's letter in 2 Corinthians, he said it this way, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort we have received from God. So this harvest principle, it turns out, does not just apply to our finances. Paul's saying in every area of life, when God pours out and we receive from him, there is something good on the other side of it. Theologian Peter Marshall in the 20th century, he said this, God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessing can come out of the difficulty. Nothing is getting through the plan of God that he didn't determine or that he didn't allow. And if hard things are coming into your life, hang on, because God is doing something good in and through it. And remember this, when it comes to finances, God isn't after your money. (laughs) This isn't about God getting your money. God wants your heart. And it just so happens that wherever your treasure is, your heart is going to follow after it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. He didn't say it's possible. He didn't say it's likely. He didn't say be careful of this. He said as a matter of fact and principle, where you put your treasure, your heart will be invested. Do you know my greatest desire for this journey of grace? It's not about the money. It's not about numbers. My hope is some who have not yet given who have not yet invested in what God is doing at Horizon West Church when you do that your heart follows now you're more invested in what God is doing here you're more eager to serve and volunteer you're more eager to to be a part of the the move of God here it's not about the number it's about the step that God would have you to take that's what excites me and for some of you the breakthrough is going to come when you do something tangible like giving even though your heart is not yet all the way in it So you go, man, I I can't forgive this person because my heart's not right. I can't give to the church. I don't really, my heart's not there. What if you gave, trusted what Jesus says, that if I take the tangible act to give, my heart moves closer to Jesus and now I find myself able to forgive people I once couldn't. I found myself wanting to serve in ways I once wouldn't. The breakthrough is this, that God wants to do something through that in your heart, not just in your bank account. One thing I can promise you will be true of any man or woman who has surrendered to Jesus in this way. Number three is we're going to pour out. So first God pours out and then we receive. And then third, we pour out so that others can be blessed. He says in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. This this concept, by the way, has precedence all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. You might remember God shows up to a man named Abram. He's very old. He has no children. And God says this, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. What was the purpose of God blessing Abraham? It was that through Abraham, the entire world would be blessed. What is God's desire in blessing you, Horizon West Church members? It's so that through you, others will be blessed. 
Many of you have been participating in our 40 days of prayer. I hope many of you have. And if you have, you've heard this phrase repeated several times, be a pipe, not a bucket. And you're probably thinking, what in the world is that about? I want to take a minute and explain what that is about. Pastor Matt Hurd, several weeks ago at our John Young campus, gave us an illustration. He called it plumbing theology. And I want to share about two minutes about what plumbing theology is. See, what what a lot of people think about when it comes to the blessings of God is they think about like a a bucket. I've got to be able to hold God's blessings. You might have heard somebody say that. God, make my bucket bigger to hold all that you want to do. God does not want you to hold what he's going to do in you. He does not want you to be a bucket. What God wants is for you to be a pipe through which his blessings, financial and otherwise, flow through you into the lives of other people. That's why we say, don't be a bucket, be a pipe. It's not about what God wants to do in you, it's about what God wants to do through you. And there are people, some of them on stages and churches across the nation this morning, some of them on TV preaching, who are bragging about how much is in their bucket and saying, look how much God has blessed me. Look how big my house is. Look how nice my car is. That is prosperity gospel, but it has nothing in common with the gospel. Because the gospel isn't about being a bucket. The gospel is about receiving God's mercies, his blessings, his favor in such a way that there is a constant river of life flowing through us into the lives of other people. And so we say, be a pipe, don't be a bucket. Do you know what happens to water that sits in a bucket for a little while? (laughs) Have you ever had this? You, You go out to your garage or the laundry room or you go outside and you're like, Wow, I filled that bucket like six and a half years ago. (laughs) And similar to what happens in Genesis 1, this miraculous act of creation occurs and living things are now occupying the water in that bucket. Because water isn't meant to sit or it stagnates. And the mercy and the blessing of God is not meant to sit in us, it's meant to come through us. Always through, never merely to. This is true of Jesus' love for us. Jesus said, as I have loved you, what? So you also love one another. It's true of the gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, go and what? Make disciples. Not, hey, man, you get to tell people that you walked with Jesus for three years. Or man, everybody's going to think you're really, no, no, no. Go and make disciples. Do you know that as those 11 men went throughout the world, do you know the price that they paid? Every single one died for the cause of Christ. Because they weren't saying, look at my bucket and how full it is. They were saying, God, make me a pipe. Let, Let the good news of Jesus come through me to the world. That is the kind of church that we are and that we strive to be. Pipes, not buckets. Not only do the do do others receive the benefit of this, but the beauty is this also comes back to us. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, Jesus, uh, uh, God rather says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. You go, oh, so God is saying it comes back to me. Not fully, because here's what God does. When people become pipes, when the blessing of God comes through us, God is eager to pour more in so that more comes through, so that more goes in, so that more goes through. 
And I just fear that the minute we become a bucket, God's a little more reluctant to give because God doesn't want us to stagnate. And there are people all over the world whose vibrancy for Jesus has been thwarted by what they call blessing. So God says, hey, put me to the test. I believe it's the only place in scripture that he says it. Put me to the test and you're gonna see blessing poured out on you, but then take that blessing and continue to be a conduit of God's blessing to others. When we generously pour out on behalf of the Lord what he has done for us, others receive blessing. We know that to be true. We receive blessing. We know that to be true. But here's the final action in that flywheel of grace, and this is one we don't often consider and is so important. Also, God receives. And what God receives is worship, is praise, is thanksgiving. Remember that the entire uh, message that Paul is preaching or writing to the Corinthian church is based on this idea of the churches in Jerusalem having a need. And yet the passage contains a little bit of a twist, and the twist is that becomes almost inconsequential by the time Paul gets to the meat of the message. He says, yeah, 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 this will bless others, that's great, but here's what else it'll do. It's going to resound in thanksgiving to God. That is the greater outcome. The greater outcome is not just that the gift is received by somebody else, but that when somebody receives because of our generosity, they look not at the gift, but at the giver. In 2008, when I prayed that God would send me a wife, and I prayed fervently for about 10 months and then met Nikki 15 years ago this past week, you know what happened is, was falling in love and we began dating and, and all of those things and it was wonderful. But the thing I remember about that time is not just going, oh man, she's so great. I remember thinking, God, you answered my prayer. Like God, you blessed me with an incredible woman to share my life, my ministry, raise children with. Like, like that was a gift from God and it resulted in thanksgiving to God. I saw him as the one who had given. He was the one who had poured out. That's why Paul says in verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce what? Thanksgiving to God. That is the desired outcome. In other words, our generosity with temporal resources has the ability or the power to produce eternal impact in the lives of other people. And even when that gift, even when that donation, even when that generosity, whatever that might be, even when that time has run out, the thanksgiving and the worship continue. This is the goal of generosity. First Peter chapter 2, 12, Peter is commenting on this same idea. He says, live such good lives among pagans that even though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter is basing what he's saying on something he heard firsthand from Jesus in Matthew 5 when Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so the, the good works that we do, the lives that we live, are never meant to be the end in and of themselves. They're meant to produce attention on God. They're meant to point people to Jesus. And this is the reason when we articulate our vision as a church and we say that we strive to be a diverse community of good friends together doing good works and sharing the good news of Jesus, 
We put good news last, not because it's least important, but because it is the most important. It is the end, the goal of all that we do. That when people see a community of people who genuinely love and care about each other and even care about people in recovery or in foster homes, that it moves them to Jesus. And when the community sees a church that's meeting needs and that's pouring back out into the community, they don't go, wow, what a great church. But they go, man, what makes that church different? And they see Jesus. It's all designed to point back to God who is the initiator and the one who pours out into us. Well, last week I got to share some of the exciting ways that God is at work. I won't rehash those statistics or numbers right now. But I do want to share a story with you, and I want you to hear from the people who are involved in that story. This is not a story of financial giving, but it is a story that will show you what happens when all of us come together in faith and obedience and say, God, with open hands, how would you have me live and work, and who would you have me reach? It's about a seven-minute video. I'm going to ask that you watch the screen at this time. My name is Fabiana, and he is my husband, Wagner. We have a friend, Maria. Maria is my friend for a long, long time, since we were six, five, six years old. When I was around four years old, I changed, and I became atheist, and I didn't believe in God. And then at the end of this year, in November and the Thanksgiving, my, my son's nose started bleeding a lot for two days. At that time, his blood pressure was so high. And he told me, uh, Fabi, you should meditate. We sat down and we started meditating. And then in the middle of the meditation, I opened my eyes and I saw Jesus in front of me. And it was, it was stunning. And he told me, don't worry, I am taking care of your son. <laughs> of course, I started crying a lot. It was the best moment of my life. And then, I called Maria, hey friend, I have to come back to church. This, this happened to me and um, I feel so grateful and I want to... <sighs> Jesus, it's too strong. And I want to go there, I want to... to feel everything to there. Part of the <laughs> to be part of the church, yeah, to the serve. Church to follow Jesus. And then on September 12th in 2021, we were baptized. And it was an amazing experience because as soon as we raised from the water, we feel like uh, we reborn, reborn at this moment. We, a new life, a new moment with Jesus. So I'm thankful God that used Maria to guide us to follow Jesus. Hi, my name is Maria. I'm a member of Horizon Life Church for close to five years. Uh, I remember back, I don't remember the exact, probably six years ago, uh, when I, I, I was a member of a CrossFit gym 
and I was very regular and there was this couple that they used to come on a later class that I would just look up to them. You know, they had just like something glowing around them. I was looking for a church. I didn't have a church back then. And that's when um, I ended up calling her on a Saturday. She took me to church on a Saturday night, which was impressive for me. Um, that day, that Saturday, the pastor preaching was actually Pastor Chris. So she introduced me to him and uh, she actually said, how funny, I brought her here today and you're here because she was serving at Horizon West. She was part of the initial group that was meeting to plan the church. The day after I woke up and I said, I'm going to church again. And I went to Horizon West, we were meeting at Sunridge and Vivian and Claver were serving and they were on the prayer team, the prayer request team. And I got to meet um, a lot of people that are still here with us at Horizon West. And I got closer to them. I started, you know, joining them at church and seeing how they were very active, serving and serving. That's when I decided to join their first discovery group at Horizon West. And I decided to follow them in a way, let, let me serve to you. Let me see what's bringing this couple so much joy. And because of Vivian and Claver, I decided to give my life to Jesus. I was baptized by Chris at First Baptist, that's close to five years ago too. And um, it was just serving with them and being around them. And then they actually uh, were doing a small group for people on their gym that they were at that time. And I joined their small groups and it was just a blessing. And it's just, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for Vivian and Claver in pointing me to Jesus. They, I'm so thankful that they had, Jesus had a plan for me through them. Um, Horizon West was, um, started the plan. We were, we, we felt the Lord putting in our heart that we should be in that plan that God's putting. And so then we met Pastor, um, Pastor Chris and then from there we were walking with him and we went back to, uh, to Zhongyang for a while uh, where I was serving in a preaching area uh, and last year we we came back to serve our Horizon West community uh, with a small group for Brazilian people and also I'm serving the kids ministry as well. We started a small group uh, for the Brazilian community here in Horizon West <clears throat> after talking to Pastor Chris we felt like the Lord is guiding us for the Brazilian community. So we started a small group and by the grace of the Lord now, we kind of have like every time like 20 to 40 people. It depends like all Brazilians. Yeah, Vivian and I, we've been um, in the missionary field for 20, 22 years. So we've been uh, obeying uh, the calling so we're so like thrilled when through our lives um, people like can hear the gospel. Our um, job is only like share the gospel and you know like introducing like the real pastor which is Jesus Christ like he's, he's the only one. So from there we make sure we uh, share the word of God. We kind of discipleship like teach them you know so my love with uh, the church is because the church has a vision of the kingdom of God. We're ready every day for whatever the Lord is calling us 
either to a place or for a person, you know, and we're ready for his calling. That's all we're, we're here for. And share that, his love. Amen. When I watched that video, I think, man, thank God for pipes. <laughs> thank God for men and women who, whether they're at the gym, they're at the workplace, they're in the neighborhood, go, God, who is it? Who is it that you positioned me near? What, what did you resource me with so that others could be blessed? How can you use me? Viviani and Kleber have modeled that, continue to do that. Now Maria is modeling that. Now Fabiana and Wagner are modeling that. And, and that's, that's what it looks like. That's just one example of the many stories of what it looks like when God's people come together and in every way say, say God, we are surrendered to you and to your purposes. And it leads me to want to say like Paul ended the passage with, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. What a good story he is writing. And it is all because of Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to give you opportunity to respond with what you've been praying about. We've said, ask Jesus what you're to do and how to participate, and then simply do what he said. And so in a moment, we're going to give you a chance to do that. Um, And before we do that, I want you to know just some of the kind of places and ways that your generosity is going to be used uh, in the coming year. And one of those ways is that we, as a church, First Orlando and all of its campuses, uh, plan to give away a million dollars to community partners. And so these are people who are serving on the front lines in hard places, and we want to, with our financial resources, bless and serve them. And some of those are right here in West Orange County, and some even ministering in Horizon West. So I want to highlight just a few that you're going to see on the screen behind me. Matthew's Hope in uh, East Winter Garden is one that's going to be a recipient of the, the funds that come from all of the campuses. Also, Fostering Our Future. Uh, which partners with our family advocacy ministry and makes those things all the more possible. And at the bottom left, I think it is there, bottom right, you'll see Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, which we serve and sponsor right here at Horizon High School. You can find all of those and more if you'll go to the QR code that I'm about to show you on the For Horizon West page. Um, And there's also ways not only to give, but there's ways that you can get information on how to serve in any one of those, I think it's 18 ministries, including the ones that are out here in Winter Garden and in Horizon West. And so if you got a phone and you want to capture that QR code and know how you can serve some of those community partners, I encourage you to do that at this time. Now, let me walk through this. And uh, as you walked in or, or in the last few weeks, you should have received an envelope that looks like this. If you would like to participate in this moment of response and you don't have an envelope with you, would you just lift your hand up and we can get those to you? And if you don't have your hand up and you've already done this, that is okay. The reality is most of our people give digitally, okay? So this is a little behind the scenes. Most of our people give online. In just a moment, we're gonna be singing a song of response and we're gonna encourage you, if you brought an envelope in hand, like I did for my family, we typically give online. So it's automatic, we've put those numbers in and that comes out every two weeks. But today I said, you know what, I'm gonna participate with a physical envelope. And so there's a few ways you can do it. One is to just do the QR code behind me. That's for your digital gift if you've not yet had a chance to do that. If you prefer the physical envelope, we encourage you just to fill that information out. In the top left, it's gonna say my total financial goal. None of us knows what the future holds. But what is the plan that you have as a family to give to the work of the Lord over the next 12 months? And then we're also encouraging today a one-time gift, a little bit above and beyond what you might normally do, that would kickstart or kick off the financial year as it goes that way. So QR code digital, or you can fill that out online. Now what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song called More Than Able. We sang it earlier, we're going to sing it again. 
And if you've got a physical envelope that you would like to leave, we're going to say during that time, just get up from where you're at and there's bins in the back on the high top tables. You can drop that in. If you gave digitally already or you plan to, would you just stand? I'm going to have everybody stand at this moment. Would you just stand and use this time to worship, use this time to sing, use this time to pray? And if you need an envelope or are leaving an envelope, make your way to the back at this time. Would you pray with me? God in heaven, we pray for your generous outpouring on us to be received and that through us, God, the world around us would be impacted. We do not want to stagnate. We do not want to simply hold what you're doing. We want to pay it forward into the lives of those you've put around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.